Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour. This is episode 24 this week here on All In Sports Talk Network, the future of sh- the future of sport with me, Alan Seymour. Delighted again today to talk global business education and no better person to be talking to today, approaching the start again of a new academic term at the University of Worcester, my colleague, Dr. Paul Blakey. Paul, I want to start... Can you tell us a little bit about your new master's programme in sports development, sport business for my audience, please, Paul? Yeah, hello, um, Alan. Uh, Great to be here again. Yeah, it's a a master's programme entitled International Sport Management and and, and really focusing on, as you're suggesting there, the sport management angle, the sport business angle, the different functional components of sport business and how they apply to the world of sport but really with that international flavour so you know we're seeing the world from a global perspective we really want to use the examples of uh, the global sports industry and, and it's really um, it's, it's, that's really flavoursome it's, it, it's really benefited in terms of the students who now have applied to the programme and they really bring an international flavour we've had students uh, apply from Hong Kong from America from Eastern Europe, and, 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 and so this is now truly an international sport management um, programme which will en- enable a, a, an international perspective and discussion to take place all the way through it, which is really what we wanted to do and try to bring that different uh, different approach to the way that university... That, Paul in essence, is everything I think that sport business is, needs to be, and the future of sport, as my show depicts here, is going to be, in essence, the global future of sport. So, again, just tell me a little bit, maybe you've got some, I'm I'm not going to ask you here directly, you know, kind of picture or, 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 or profiles necessary of some of the people who are on the course, but maybe just give us a little flavour of some of the backgrounds, some of the um, kind of skill sets that some of these people have got, and why you think it's essential that they bring to the table, as it were, before they go on the course, some skills, but they also have the opportunity to hone those skills, to develop new skills, and and how they can maximise what they already know. So tell us a little bit, maybe, uh, about the backgrounds of some of these people who are engaging and enrolling on the course. Yeah, I think we have a cross-section of, uh, of applicants and, and, and therefore students onto the programme. Those obviously who are fresh out of an, an undergraduate programme, um, possibly even a sport-related programme, some but not always, coming from other uh, studies. Uh, I know in the past I've had students who have uh, studied geography and English at uh, undergraduate, but have got a real passion for sport and, and, and that's where they're their kind of life has led them outside of uh, you know their academic studies and, and that's what they want to then transfer into and, and, and try to develop a career in that direction and so there are people who are coming from different backgrounds, academic backgrounds and trying to shift into uh, through academia and through that upskilling and understanding of the, the, the sporting industry and the sporting context a new career for themselves into the sporting world and, and I think secondly you've kind of got uh, those people who are already working in sport 
and see themselves potentially as moving into a management field, who are again trying to upskill and develop their career, move up the career ladder. And it's something for them just to to come along to and to to, to get involved in that kind of uh, critical debate, understanding the issues, uh, looking at the debates, some of those that they're all currently involved within, you know, in, in relation to human resources, in relation to marketing, how they can then further and more critically try to reach out to an audience that is going to then help them in their own field of work and and showcase their own skills there. So, again, we got more kind of a you know student group developing, but also then uh, possibly also you know a, a professional. Um, uh, cohort of students who will also be on that program and that, and that really will help them be able to uh, interact and be able to discuss the issues and develop those issues from within that academic kind of mindset I mean Paul just to show and my audience doesn't need any more clues since that this show is live people are already responding to the news coming out of University of Worcester, this is the best programme in the world. So I was almost tempted to stop the interview and let you take 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 the cause. But we'll move on. It's great, I think. It's refreshing, you know, and the words that we often use, sports sometimes is renowned, perhaps negatively from time to time, particularly here in the new in the UK where we talk about, you know, um, flying the flag and the passion and the intensity and running up and down the touchline, whatever kind of analogies or, or, or themes that you want to develop here. But there's no question at all about it that sport now offers so many opportunities and I'm now a massive believer you know and I talked earlier today and and it'll be on the same show that that, that you're featured on next week or this week in fact this coming Wednesday Paul uh, with Nigel Adderley uh, who was talking about what he did at university where he did politics and has now ended up as one of the top sports broadcasters in the country and is actually also broadcasting uh, for the MLS in, in, in America so the breadth of knowledge and the breadth of skill sets and the opportunities openings that can come about through you know almost literally through the lens of sport is fantastic and I'm so so delighted to be involved with you and to hear some of these stories what do you think you need to do in addition to provide uh, the tutoring the framework of a course and obviously your expert mentoring and 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 the other things that go when you sign on for a master's level program what other things that you think you need to do will you be offering with the international sport program at the university of worcester for this new master's program paul what else will you be offering I think one of the questions that, that, that sometimes students have asked me on their through the application process, and we tend to interview our students as well, so yeah. I get a real flavour for, for, for who these who these guys are, um, speaking directly to them. And one of the questions they always ask is now it's 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 focused in and around employability. So we do have a module which is entitled the professional placement, and this gives a you know kind of a a nice window of opportunity for our students to, to get involved with a professional sports organisation from that business perspective um, which, and, 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 and really to, to in essence to, to try and understand how that organisation works and how they might fit into an organisation like that but purely as well how they might be able to benefit that organisation 
and that's just helpful to them, yeah. you know, for their future development. But crucially, you know, I think, and, and we, we may have um, mentioned this uh, when we've spoken previously, but, but how can sports organisations also benefit these students? Because especially when it's a master's student, it's it, it is someone who is going to be working in the sport industry. They are going to be very um, insightful, um, you know, um, understand the industry particularly well, but they're still looking for opportunities to get further and further involved and to pick up that experience. And in particular, when they are coming over from another country, they really want to feel the way that they, um, you know, we do sport in the UK. And so um, opportunities that exist, yes, they're already here. Some of those are in Worcester. Some of those are close to Worcester. But it really would be great to try and offer opportunities with, you know, some of the major companies out there. Some companies who, who are trying to develop and are trying to grow and, and need, you know, people with it, these different skill sets that they will be developing and understanding of, um, of, of, of customers, people who look like themselves who are wanting to be involved with, with sport from a both a participation and a spectator perspective, but really to get that insight into the understanding of the customer. And these guys can help with that, just to bring that mindset to to an organisation and to see how that customer wants to operate. And, and, and so, you know, significant benefits for um, sports organisations who want to engage with students of this calibre. I mean, Paul, I'm, I need to just come in there, and I think that you have encapsulated everything that's unique, distinctive, the right route to go down. And today's little interview with you, which we'll be continuing many, many times over with our Global Sport Business Education Festival in November, hosted primarily at and with the University of Worcester and others. And I think it's and others that perhaps nice is a nice little segue here before we kind of close and talk about our global partners, uh, University of South Florida, at the end of this interview. But you talk about, I mean, this is a shout-out. It's not a plea from me, and it's certainly not a plea uh, from Paul, but it goes without saying that all courses are engagement courses where all stakeholders need to come together. And academia and students work very well because that's the process that we've all, you know, inherited, been brought up with. But we need new inputs here. And so it's a shout-out to you out there, if you're a brand, if you're a practitioner, if you're an organisation, if you're a sports property, we've made many, many connections and we will be making lots more through my radio show, through the engagements with these partners and with the University of Worcester and conferences and so on. But, you know, we've already got those. We've got a great relationship which will start the festival with Octagon, who's one of the world's biggest sports and uh, entertainment agencies. Uh, we'll, we'll be going to a premiership football club to talk analytics. I've got some great relationships with IBM and they'll be hosting a special meeting with us. Uh, and thanks again to them and Wimbledon, who will be looking after us as part of the festival. So, again, it's kind of a little... Uh, request as much as anything but it's a win-win-win situation for academia, for students and ultimately uh, for brands. Maybe this gives me an opportunity before we talk a little bit more Paul about your programme the festival and maybe some of the uh, connections you're seeking or have already made what do you see as some of the newer aspects of sports practice 
and the way in which you know you can get together with sports business. So I'd like, Paul, just to move the interview on a little bit now and let's start to talk specifics, new trends, the future of sport and programmes like yours and what is going to make your programme distinctive. Lots of the things you've already told us, I think, will do that anyway. But what kind of new modules, new programmes, new trends do you see uh, as being the, uh, the most relevant to the students on your course, Paul? Yeah, I think I was interested to see um, in the last week or two, you know, from the, the headlines that are, that are out there at the moment from a sport business perspective, some of the uh, kind of comparisons that we can draw and, and use. So you mentioned before about, you know, sport business analytics and, you know, we've, we've got a module in and around that where we're thinking about applying technology to, you know, the assessment of sport consumer data and, 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 and you know in particular about IBM and you yeah. know the, the way that they're using artificial intelligence through their Watson system, um, you know, alongside um, Wimbledon tennis tournament and, and how that's really bringing a, a, a new edge to the way that, um, you know, information data is being used and presented to the audience. So to reflect on some of this and to, for students to think about that particularly important, Another example, we were thinking about sponsorship, um, and again this week, uh, the, one of the top flight US cycling teams, Cannondale Draypack, one of their sponsors has pulled out for next season, and right. so it looks as if uh, you know it's, it's somewhat problematic for them to to continue at the top flight of the sport, and some of the riders are being already being lost from there because they need contracts for next season. But what they've done is they've now put together a crowdfund. Um, campaign to try and raise two million pounds um, and we've got access through one of our partners a partner called crowdfund campus right we've got a partnership with them where we've got access to their platform and students can actually put together a, 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 a real life although dummy version of a crowdfund campaign which can be assessed and, and which can be improved before potentially then it, it could actually go live. So we're developing some of those skills in relation to, you know, some of those areas of, of, of sport business that are particularly pertinent to the industry so that our students are coming out with an understanding of the way that technology in, 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 in both of these uh, uh, examples can be used and applied to ensure that sport continues to take place or that... Um, you know, the audience is, is, is more greatly benefited in the way that they view sport and, and interact with, uh, with, with, with sport. I mean, Paul, I think that is both, you know, not only relevant, clearly, but I, I think for students, for the industry, for all stakeholders, I think that can only be an exciting uh, opportunity and development so, Paul, one of the real advantages, I think, is, you know, students are engaged, real life. They have to make decisions. Now, maybe provocatively, in today's show, I've talked to Nigel Adderley and Jeff uh, Wilson, both involved, one from the, the kind of broadcast end and another from a consultancy end. Is sport a product or is sport now becoming, maybe through some of the events, the commercialisation, the commoditisation, uh, is it becoming too greedy? Can events survive in the fullness of time? You know, we saw transfer deadline day and 
you know, clubs being investigated for financial fair play. I know it's a broad spectrum here, but give me some views on how you would deal that. If I was a student of yours asking that question, and maybe how students can learn from these experiences. Yeah, I think two things really. I mean, um, we've got to be cognizant that, that we're looking at this from an academic perspective as okay. well. So, you know, when we talk about theory and we talk about how that theory can be applied, then it's not really just from that one, often one perspective that we see matters. So, as you're quite right to say there, you know, there is a real commercial focus to the way that sport is reported and focused upon at the moment. And you're quite right to talk about, you know, the financial fair play has been big in the news in, in recent times. And we can pick up on that, certainly through a sports governance module and to see the way that, you know, FIFA and UEFA and others, you know, um, react and, and use some of the you know some of the the, the, the legal aspects that, that they can draw upon to to to, to penalise or, or not, as the case may be, uh, those clubs that have been mentioned. Um, but also, we've seen um, you know very recently images of sort of some of the decimated sports facilities in Rio. Um, and when you're yeah. talking about global sport impacts, then you know we don't just look at these things from a, uh, a you know, from a financial perspective. We've got to think about you know the. the impacts upon the environment yeah. we've got to think about the socio-cultural impacts the, the impacts upon people and if if governments are spending you know significant amounts of money um uh, public money on sports facilities and then you know two years hence or 12 months hence they're not being used and there's no benefit for the community then questions certainly will be asked and and if those images are seen around the world then you know, the people of um, nominated countries for future events, as, as we've also seen with referenda in taking place in uh, in countries, in, in sorry, in cities in Germany and elsewhere, yeah. as to whether or not events should be bid for in the first instance. There's going to be questions asked. Uh, you know, we, we're living in a world where there, there is a, you know, there is a, a finite amount of uh, finance to, 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 to move around then. You know, sport needs to consider how it's how it's uh, presenting itself to the world, and, and and a lot of these negative images need to be questioned, and, and and that's what we can do. We can we can have an open debate, we can have a good discussion, we can see things from different perspectives, and uh, and we're not trying to report against an agenda as as the media tend to do, and yeah. therefore we can be more questioning. We can be in many ways we can be more, in some ways more circumspect, but many in many ways more. Considered. I mean, I think I was. That's brilliant. Finishing almost there. Considered questioning. There's nothing wrong with critique, criticism, positive evaluations, and so on. And I think that distinct difference almost in an approach, because you know, social media is great. You know how passionate and massively influential I think it is and used for good however and, and I mean I'll make this point now there's, there's there's kind of this acronym out there ITK is in the know and in many ways it's all you know basically it's fake news and or you know it's just using it for the sake of it to get notoriety with no substance no evidence no research so the role of experts and the future experts and i think this is a kind of nice closing segue because using this opportunity on the master's program at the university of worcester with dr paul blake and his faculty and everybody else our connections through the festival and conference and i just want you maybe to finish here paul and talk about going forward 
maybe a little bit about what you hope to achieve through the Festival of Sport Conference at the University of Worcester and maybe some partnerships that I know you're in discussion with with some of our partners uh, in the US. So close and tell us a little bit about those and summarise them in the context of our short interview today. Yeah, well, I think the you know the University of Worcester is it's it's, it's becoming a place where conferences are um, to the fore. So just last week there was a British Society of Sports History annual conference, and and and, and next year there's a European Congress of Adapted Physical Activity uh, co- conference as well. And so you know sitting alongside uh, the festival, global festival of sport, future of uh, global sport education, really is. Something that the, the, the students on the program will, will will benefit from, and I think the link to the University of South Florida, their MBA program and entitled Sport and Entertainment Management, and, and headed up there by Dr. Bill Sutton, will will will, will add this international flavour to the program, a genuine international flavour, you know, to enable cross-cultural comparison of sport between the UK and the UK and Europe. We do things, you know, slightly differently, and uh, different sports are to the fore, and, and to try and understand how these operate, uh, you know, along those those different lines. So again, you know, not just from a, a financial perspective and the, the pure business, but also you know, the way that they interact with communities and uh, social uh, interactions that, that, that takes place in, in in and around where those sports occur is particularly important. You know, so we'll be able to have a, an academic exchange, one that. We are thinking about those business functions and the way that um, we consider um, similar or different to uh, to the US, and in particular, then I think a reciprocal relationship where students on both programs can can interact, and and and, and students from Worcester will be able to hopefully in the future um, reciprocate by going across to the US and seeing for themselves how the way that sport operates out there. So a real real benefit to the program one from a you know this this developing relationship with the university of south florida and and and, and i think all programs could benefit from 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 something similar um across different countries not just us and uk but but and further afield as well as closer to home uh, in other parts of europe as well so 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 developing relationships in this way to, to, to benefit that conversation really is really is a, 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 a you know for the forefall for the students that, that will be applying to the program. Paul, uh, I mean marvellous as always to talk to you. Great delight in hearing and seeing and witnessing as it evolves. Uh, you heard it first almost here today on the future of sport on All in Sports Talk. Listen out live Wednesday 5pm here in the UK and midday Eastern Time USA and uh, and all the relevant time zones to coincide with those two datelines and timescales that I've just given. Before I let you go, Paul, I just want you to give a a quick shout out for anybody listening out there. And I know there will be lots and lots of students and lots of even practitioners perhaps thinking about returning to academia or programmes to get extra qualifications. So give us uh, a contact where people can contact you to find out more about the programme, Paul. Yeah, I think the easiest way is probably by email. We still do use email. Um, P.Blakey, and my surname is spelled B-L-A-K-E-Y, and that is at W-O-R-C dot A-C dot U-K. 
can always pick up those emails. So that's probably the easiest way, rather than the phone ringing and um, and me having to to hang up on someone who I don't even know. <laughs> All right, Paul. And and again, because we're working very closely in tandem, a lot of my partners, a lot of my associates, a lot of the patrons almost now of the radio show and lots of the things. So you can contact me at Sport Marketing One, obviously on Twitter and social media. And, and obviously, if you're listening out to the uh, Future of Sports show on All in Sports Talk, there'll be lots of features that incorporate lots of these global business education programs that we're all involved in. And finally, I want to certainly give a shout to November the 13th, Monday, University of Worcester Global Sport Business Education Conference, and we'll be launching a whole range of promos and programs and details on that later in September. So watch out for those on social media, contacting me or Paul. And it's been great, Paul, to have you on my show again today. You take care and have a great time.